we got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson. The Steelers face off against the Bears on Monday Night Football at Heinz Field this week. Two teams, Matt, kind of trending in opposite directions. Steelers yeah. winners of three straight, bringing their record to four and three. The Bears have dropped three straight games in a row. That record now stands at three and five for Chicago. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure how they're one game under 500, to be <laughs> honest with you, too. I mean, like, you dig in the numbers, which we're going to do, there's not much that's super impressive to be honest with you well we'll get to the offense in a little bit yeah we do the series history real quick yeah but my first line here is i it really might be the worst offense in football it's pretty Uh, bad argument right you can make the argument we'll dig into that in a minute here but wow but two of the most storied franchises in the nfl bears and steelers first started playing in 1934 the bears beat the buckos (laughs) old school the old pittsburgh pirates (laughs) the first six times they met which forced the steelers to change their name from the pirates (laughs) to the steelers but then they still lost the next four games still weren't so good back then yeah bears were 10 and 0 against pittsburgh before 1950 chicago and pittsburgh have only met 17 times since then and the bears have gotten the better of pittsburgh during that stretch as well all time chicago leads the series 19 7 and 1 and currently are on a three-game winning streak and matt i actually saw earlier today mike tomlin 0-3 against the Chicago I Bears. I did see that today, too. Coach. Very surprising. Wouldn't I like have doing, thought it, right. I like doing this series history because, you know, for the most part, the Steelers have the better end of those series. Most more often this than not, right. This is the right. one where a team has their number. Yeah, and it even recently, right. you, you know, this hasn't been a great team. It wasn't like the, the Ditka Bears were rolling over <laughs> them year after year in the 80s or anything like that. This team has not been super successful. It's obviously a very storied, um, iconic franchise. But that that shocked me a little bit doing that research. Like, oh, come on, Steelers! You, you need to you put you need to put the Bears better. in their place a little uh, bit. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully, that three-game winning streak for the Bears comes to an end on Monday night. Let's take a look at the Bears' offense to start things off. It's rough. Like I said, maybe the worst in football. They gain the least amount of yards in the NFL on average, with 264 per game. By far, they average the least amount of passing yards per game. Yeah. 127 yards per game through the air. Only the Texans average fewer points per game than Chicago. The only thing that they do well is run the football. Yeah. 136 yards on the ground, fifth best in the league, and they 46.4% of the Bears' offensive yards come via rushing the ball. That's extremely high for today's so just NFL. Just think about that for a minute. Yeah, like that's I mean, unheard of a, almost. Right. I mean, if, I mean, nearly half of all the yardage they produce on the field comes from handing the ball off and or field scrambling and he hasn't done much of that yet before last week I mean it just shows how bad the passing game's been no I I completely agree I mean like I just said every single other category they're abysmal in yes for some reason they're top five in the NFL and rushing the football yeah but it's the only thing that they do well so their backs are decent and they they found this Herbert kid who I like coming out of school Montgomery was a good player before that a little bit of Damian Williams mixed in their offensive line, I'm sure we'll get to the sack numbers because they're ridiculous yes, too. But, but they run block pretty well. Um, we talked about you know, a lot of heavy tight end usage last week. They will bring some big bodies on the field, not to the degree that the the, Bron- the Browns do. But they're kind of good at one thing and they're bad at everything else. So, you know, <laughs> and we'll see. They mainly use 12 personnel, two yeah. tight ends on the field, one running back. 26% of their uh, personnel usage is that. 
But they will dip their toe, like you said, into that 13 personnel Even as there. well, about 5% of the time. That's seventh highest in the league. So it's it's nowhere near the 13% that the Browns were running last right. week. But they certainly do it more than most teams in the NFL. And like you said, it makes sense because that's all they really do well is run the football. So you might as well try to support that. Khalil Herbert, he's been getting the main uh, – carries since he's David the guy Montgomery right now down yeah right? he is 4.3 yards per carry on the season so he's been doing a decent job filling mm-hmm. in although last week he was pretty pedestrian he only had 3.1 yards per carry there are 173 yards 103 of them came from Justin Fields yeah the fields running is interesting so I think he had 10 or 11 carries this past week went over 100 yes. yards um still he's there's not although there not a lot of those are designed quarterback runs he scrambled more this past week He's extremely dangerous. I mean, he is a physical, strong runner. He's a very gifted player. I think everybody knows that. I just don't understand why they haven't had him run more. And I don't know that it's a Maybe co- they're wising up a little bit now? Yeah, well, their, their head coach also had COVID this past week, too. <laughs> so maybe that I'm not going to bash the opposing head coach too much, but... Um, maybe they made a uh, change for the better there, to say the least, and use it, you know, make his life a little bit easier. Let him use his legs more. It's almost like they're coaching him to stay in the pocket, holds the ball too long, and takes a ton of sacks when he does. Which is know? bizarre, especially is. the way that the position is evolving right. in the NFL. Like, you want quarterbacks to have that mobile edge to them, to be able to bring the run and the pass to the game. And I think that's why everybody was so high on him out of college is because they saw he was the prototypical modern era quarterback and it's right. it's like they're trying to lock that in a box for some reason. Right. I mean, is there logic we want you to work on your po- pocket passing, don't use this as a crutch. Eh. But as you said, I mean, you're 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 cutting off one of his hands, you know? I mean, if that's what you wanted, you should have drafted Mac Jones. It makes no sense. Exactly. And Mac Jones was there when they traded up. Yep. They definitely yep. could have had him in the draft. Before we get to Fields more specifically, you mentioned we'll talk about the offensive line and their pass protection. They give up 3.8 sacks per game. Uh, That's the worst in the NFL by a very considerable margin. Seattle, who is number 31, and the Steelers already faced this year, surrenders 3.2 sacks per game. So almost 0.6 sacks. It's almost a full sack more per game than any other team in the NFL. Steelers' defense is averaging 2.7 sacks per game. That's good for fourth best Mm -hmm. in the NFL. So... Pin your ears back kind of day for T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and the pass rush for the Steelers. Just collectively, they have much better matchups. One thing that you noted uh, on some of your notes that you sent me before that I thought was really interesting, we mentioned they use 12, 13 personnel, Mm -hmm. so tight ends are on the field a lot. But their usage of the tight ends is a little bizarre because Cole Komet's the number one dog. Yeah, he's a good young player. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's Jimmy Graham and Jesse James pretty much one or 2A and 2B. They get pretty much the same Mm -hmm. amount of snaps. But those three have combined to pass block on just 51 times for Chicago. So they're almost always going out to do something in a passing game. Right. Even though the line the very clearly needs the help. And they, <laughs> exactly. they don't use it. That We didn't want to bash Nagy too much, but that's another thing it that maybe makes some bad coaching. Right? right, right. It's just not great personnel usage. I mean, Jimmy Graham's way past his prime and has had a very good career. Asking him to block probably isn't going to do you any good. But we know Jesse James is a quality number two two-way tight end. Cole Komet's a more talented version, younger version of that. You would think, you know, this line is really bad and you're allowing <laughs> sacks like crazy. Maybe you should have those bigger bodies two them, help yeah. a little more. Right, it doesn't quite add up. No, it doesn't. And a lot of things about the Bears really don't add up on paper. This 
Uh, I'll probably say it again before we wrap up this podcast. You got to win this game if you're the Steelers. You got to win this game. This is a very easy game for you to win. I'm a little shocked they have three wins and were a playoff team last week. (laughs) Right. And then moved on from their quarterback. Right, right, right. right. They're an enigma of a team at this current state. No question about that. As far as Justin Fields is concerned, his passing prowess is not there yet. Hasn't Mm -hmm. really gotten his NFL sea legs, I'd say. Uh, in terms of passing yards produced per attempt, Fields is 32nd out of 33 qualified quarterbacks, <laughs> yeah. so he does not push the ball down the field at all. Uh, a Fields, lot of uncatchable passes yes, when he does. And, and you he's know. very loose with that thing as well. He does yeah. not protect the football well. Seven interceptions and has fumbled the rock eight times since taking over for the Bears. Yes, it and is. He hasn't been the starter all year. Those are the growing pains of a young rookie quarterback, yeah. but he is extremely liberal with that football. He is. The, the scouting report of him just as a passer, he's very accurate to all levels. He has great arm strength. He controls the football well. But this is kind of a Haskins thing, too, and I bring them both up because it's an Ohio State thing. Right. They're so talented at Ohio State that he can wait that extra beat while his great receivers get open, and he's a see-it-and-throw-it guy. And he, very little anticipation at this point. And behind that line, it's just disaster. No, and you're mentioning playing at Ohio State, you know, receivers are better than the corners. Exactly, right. and until you get to that final stage of the playoff, those yeah. cornerback, DB, receiver matchups, mm-hmm. that's why they say all the time there's a difference between NFL open and college open. And, of course, they used his legs much more efficiently and smarter, to be Which honest they need with to you. be doing right, right now. Right, right, right. But if, hope, you the, if you're the Steelers, you hold your breath and hope they didn't figure something out last week. I'm a little concerned about that, you know, because I loved fields coming out of Ohio State. And thought, and kind of thought, boy, they're not using him right. Did they learn something this past week? It was definitely his best game. It still wasn't great. I'm hoping for his sake that he's turning the corner a little. But still, I mean, the protection's still awful. But like you you said, it would make more sense, you'd think, to let him, instead of cutting off his ability to use his legs, don't use it as a crutch, use it as a way to make the passing game come easier to him. Oh, yeah. And and it's just very very backwards thinking. We've seen a lot of examples going back to like RG3 and Josh Allen's a great example. Hey, while you're learning, young man, run, make plays, keep us competitive. Third and eight. Hey, four years down the line and it's third and five, third and six. Yeah, hit that pass all day long. Sure. Right now, take off and grab it with your legs. Slide. Make sure you get out of bounds. Make sure you slide. Protect yourself. But use your legs as the weapon that they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we move on to the defense, got to touch on the wide receiving core, even though they really seem like nameless gray faces to me. It's very... Uh, kind no, of feel bad no for Allen Robinson. Yeah, no real star. I guess Allen Robinson would be considered a star. Yeah. He's, he's having a little rough go of it this year. Who wouldn't? When their offense is averaging 127 passing yards per game, real not a quick, lot of yardage going no, around. No, it isn't. I mean, a lot of uncatchable balls his way, a lot of double coverage. I mean, I think it's safe to ask, has Allen Robinson lost a little bit? Maybe. He's not young anymore. But through his career, he overcame Hackenberg, Bortles, oh. Dalton, I mean, he has a falls, a long list of bad passing games he's overcome and produced. Well, I think he's finally met his match. I think he has, too. Uh, Darnell Mooney leads the receivers in basically Mm -hmm. every single conceivable category. But, yeah, like we said, how can you really make any kind of name for yourself when the passing game from the quarterback, from the pass protection to pushing the ball downfield is just so abysmal that – it's tough to be a receiver in Chicago. It really is. Mooney's a, a good young player, though. I mean, they, they got him in the fifth round last year. 
He's dynamic. He's fast. He could get behind the defense. Who knows? You know, I mean, just someone to pay attention to, though. Best unit for the Bears, I think, is definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. But it's still very meh. I mean, I, I don't think they're on the field too much, uh, and it's Khalil Max hurt. It, yep. It's okay. You know, they're they're basically middle of the road or in the bottom half of the league in every category. The only one that they're really good at is getting after the quarterback. They mm-hmm. average two point six sacks per game, just point one sack less than the Steelers. That's good for fifth best in the NFL. So. You mentioned Khalil Mack being hurt, though. That definitely hinders their ability to get after oh, the quarterback. Yeah. But they've been doing okay without him the past couple of weeks. They still get that pressure. So yeah, still I mean, don't he, know what his status is going to be for Monday. He's got that extra day to kind of come back, and hopefully he can give it a go. Him. But still don't know yet. So still don't know we got to hope to still generate some pass rush without him. But yeah, they've they right, right. an okay job at that. They, they, they're, they're okay at it. I mean, again, he's still a upper-tier pass rusher. I wouldn't put him quite at the Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt level, but he's probably the <laughs> tier below, and he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame someday. Uh, Akeem Hicks is their next best defensive front player. He's a massive power guy that can push the pocket a little bit and can be disruptive. Um, the linebacker, Roquan Smith, um, Steeler fans should kind of take a look at him and say, boy, he was a year before Devin Bush yeah. as an early pick, and he's really blossoming right now in his career. You know, and He had some growing pains like Bush early on. Uh, he's their best player right now. I, I was just going to yeah. say, without Khalil Mack in, I'd say the face of the defense is Roquan Smith. Yeah, he's been good. I'm very high on that player, too. One thing to keep an eye out for him on Monday, he's going to come with a blitz at some point against Ben Probably, right, right. He's rushed the pass for 37 times so far in 2021. No other Bears second-level player or defensive back has rushed the passer more than 12 snaps. Yeah, so not a huge blitz they're going to send somebody right. from a blitz, I'd expect it to be Roquan Smith. And he's very explosive. He looks like a top-10 picks, you know, speed, you know, snapping his hips, change direction. So, And he's developing as a pass rusher. Only Bear player to not leave the field yet this season as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Foundational every, player for played them, Played right? every single snap so far. Uh Looking at the Bears' pass defense, we mentioned Justin Fields. He's 32nd in the NFL in passing yards produced per attempt. Well, Ben's 27th, so he's not, not, he's not tremendously doing much better. better. No, yeah. uh, Chicago's defense allows 8.1 yards per pass attempt. Last week against the Niners, though, they averaged 11.5 yards per pass attempt. Yeah. So defense was really bad last week. It's unfortunate to hear that Ben's 27th as far as yards produced per mm-hmm. pass attempt because I think this is a secondary that can be had. I, I do, too, and they're, they're coming off one of their worst performances of the year. Um, the, the Niners had success on the ground and through the air. They're not a tremendous offense. You know, they they don't even have Kittle, their best player. So you wonder, you know, we were just talking a couple minutes ago, might the Bears' offense be turning the corner slightly? Well, has the Bears' defense been on the field too much and starting the to crumble a little bit? And it, Max yeah. been out there too long? And they're not super young on that side of the ball, so... Uh, it's you know not a great situation. Despite the secondary not being that great, 14 passing touchdowns allowed already this year, and like we said, a lot of yardage, especially against the Niners. Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vilder, mm-hmm. their two starting corners only missed one snap each this year. Eddie Jackson's played 460 out of four, 514, so they they know who they want to play at least. Mm-hmm. It's just they're yeah. just not getting the job done. Johnson's uh, a good young corner too. They got him in the second round. He, he's definitely their best cover man. So. It's not a great secondary. It's not terrible. Jackson's had some high moments in his career. Um, again, it, it's a, I would say it's a slightly above-average defense. Other than those names I mentioned, Roquan Smith never leaves the field. The members of the secondary that play a lot, no other Bear defender has played more than 339 snaps this season. Yeah. So they like to move a lot of bodies in and out of that defense. Although last week, DeAndre Houston Carter, Robert Quinn, and Tashawn Gibson 
all had 50 of 56 snaps. Uh, Houston Carter and Gibson both being safeties, so they had a lot of safeties on the field trying to stop mm-hmm. that San Francisco passing attack. Still were giving up 11.5 yards per time, so it wasn't great working. Players. You know, I mean, so you can throw as okay. much of them as you want out there. It's right. probably not going to get you a good result. And they've had some injuries like everyone else. I mean, they'd love to have Khalil Mack out there every snap, and he's not. I mean, uh, there's just not an awful lot going right with the Bears top to bottom right now. No, there's not. Uh, it is a shame that Ben Roethlisberger isn't what he used to be, let's just say mm-hmm. that, as far as pushing the ball down the field. Say. But Najee Harris is getting it done on the ground, and the Bears can be had on the ground as well. They give up 125 yards per game uh, to the rushing attack, so they're pretty sorry as far as that's concerned. Five defensive tackles saw the field against the Niners. Uh, Bilal Nichols is the leader on that defensive line. Again, but, not a household name nope. or a great player. you know. But eight different defensive tackles have been used this year for the Bears trying to stop the run. Najee, on the other hand of things, 400 touches is the pace he's on right now for his rookie season. Averaging 107.4 yards per scrimmage, but in the last three games, he's averaging 129.7 yards from scrimmage, and he's the reason why they're on this three-game winning streak. Without question. They know their identity. Yep. He's their best offensive player. He has the workhorse mentality. He seems to only be getting better. They've dedicated themselves to him. And, you know, I think you said he's at like 100 or 107 yards for the season. Right. Which is pretty good in itself. I mean, that's like sixth or seventh best in the league. But the explosion the past couple of weeks is really something. Yeah, and very encouraging. For oh, the absolutely. Too, because, yep. like you said, they're starting to learn how they're going to be able to win football games. And oh, their formula is very obvious. And the Bears are a great opponent to execute that. I couldn't agree more. Before we get out of here, let's look at some key matchups in this one. Uh, Bears quarterback Justin Fields versus Steelers linebackers Devin Bush and Joe Schobert, who I think are coming off of one of their better performances without question of the season. I know Bush had that gaff. On the Dearness Johnson touchdown sure. run where he filled the wrong gap and it was an easy cut for Johnson mm-hmm. to make the touchdown. But other than that, you never really noticed them making any mistakes. And Joe Schobert had the big play forcing the fumble on Jarvis Landry. So yeah. progress from the Steelers inside linebackers and now they get a rookie quarterback to torment this week. Yeah, I don't know if they'll use spy tactics against him at times. or Bush will be really good at that. Yeah, He's got right. the speed to take yeah, care absolutely, of Absolutely, absolutely. And Schobert has the experience to handle those things. You know, their passing game is short, so you're going to get crossers over the, in their neighborhood. You know, the, the Fields is a dangerous talent. I'm not sure he's a great player yet, but he's a dangerous prospect talent. And those linebackers would be on top of their game for it. And, and plus, they run the ball well. You know, I mean, Herbert coming downhill at them, too. Finally, Steelers running back Najee Harris versus Bears linebacker Roquan Smith. I think Smith is going to have his hands full in this yeah. game. Um like we said, Najee Harris is the drum that the Steelers' offense is going to keep beating to have some sort of success this season, and it's paying dividends as far as the three-game winning streak is concerned. It's got to be no secret for the Bears what the game plan will be for them on defense. Stop number Absolutely. 22, and uh, you clearly think Roquan Smith's the guy they'll they'll tab more often than not to do that. Yeah, because he's a, a star. I mean, right. really. star on star. Exactly. Right? I think that's a heavyweight fight. Two young guys that can do a lot of things really, really well. Both are extremely physically gifted. Both are really good in the passing game as well as the run game. Everything that's asked out of the running back and linebacker position, these two can do at a high level and are only improving. So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, way getting ahead of myself. But these two could go in the Hall of Fame together one day. I mean, like their, 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 their careers are really starting off well. Hopefully the Steelers can snap that three-game losing streak to the Bears on Monday night, and Mike Tomlin can pick up his first win as a head coach against the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. For Matt Williamson, I am Tom Offerman. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Advanced Scout, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.